What's up, people? It's 10 o'clock. It's on Friday. Um, it's your boy. <laughs> and uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. So you know the usual. Wherever you are, roll something. Drink something. If you got somebody with you, make sure you pass. Always make sure you pass. Happy Friday, folks. You have survived another week. Grab that glass of wine, sit back and relax. We got lots to discuss tonight, so let's get ready. And it's your boy. All right, what's going on, people? Once again, it is I, Travis, from the illustrious family known as Horror Movies Uncut. And uh, yeah, we're on the microphone right now. It's Friday night. And I mean, I'm serious. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We are right here after the first weekend in July. And uh, yeah, we're still going through a pandemic. There's still a lot that we don't know in regards to what's going to be happening in the next couple months. Futures look a little bit weird, but, um, you know, people are pushing through and people are making it. Uh, I will say, first and foremost, that tonight's episode, the theme is sex and violence in film. So... With every episode of Submissions and Slashers, one of the main things that we try to do is we always try to encompass the theme around whatever topics that we're talking about. And uh, yeah, UFC 251, Fight Island, Kamaru Usman, Jorge Masvidal, Rose Namajunas, Paige Van Zant, Jessica Andrade, um, Max Holloway, Featherweight champion, it's uh, it's a very, very stacked card that we found out a week ago kind of had a little bit of jeopardy to it. And honestly, I was expecting a little bit more drama as we were leading up into to tomorrow, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. So what we always want to do at the start of the show is we want to kind of lay out the timeline. And if you guys are tuning in, uh, we're live on Facebook. Um, I'll be posting out a couple things once we take our first break. So if people are trying to find us and they don't know where to go, um, normally the podcast, the live feed is strictly on 
the submissions and slashers Facebook page, or it might be on the horror movies uncut Facebook page too. Uh, I got my other laptop back up and rolling, but some shit wasn't cooperating. So, (laughs) you know, uh, we go from there, but we'll be discussing that card tonight. We'll also be talking about this horror film called the tent that will uh, be released on DVD soon. I don't know why people are still releasing stuff on DVD. Uh, but they're putting it out there. Um, these guys actually just released it to streaming services this weekend. So that's why it's a little bit more important to talk about it. And I will say I've always been a fan of Gravitas features. So anytime those guys put out any product is usually pretty quality. Tonight's music guest, Static X. Yes, that Static X. <laughs> I am not messing around. Uh, If you guys remember back in the day, we had all these, you know, heavy metal bands that were a little bit more, I guess they used to call them new metal bands. So you would have uh, your Limp Biscuits, your Corn, System of a Down came out of that time frame. And then you had all these other bands that started to populate that some of them became super popular, like Limp Biscuit. And then you had some of them that were popular, but some of their artists found success in other areas like Stain. But there was a revolution at a time that you would always have just these crazy shows and bands coming out like out of the woodwork. I mean, Blue Oyster Cult, How Does It Feel remake, Blue Monday. Me, myself, I was actually in a new metal band, Mind Flow, here in St. Louis. We played the Galaxy Mississippi Nights all those places opened up for some big time bands. And uh, yeah, for a time frame across the globe, new metal was the music that everybody was listening to. Bands like Static X, that's where they kind of found their sound. I didn't even know they were still making music, but supposedly they are. And I just got some information sent to me this week that they are actually releasing an album and it's coming out tomorrow. (laughs) So we got a couple of the songs to play for you guys tonight. Uh, And if you remember Static X, then, hey, I didn't get a chance to preview anything. It's been a pretty long week, uh, a very, very reflective week. Uh, It's a lot of craziness and a lot of madness that's still kind of going on that I'm not too happy about. Uh, I'm very, very disappointed in humanity. This is one of the times in my life that I really, really wish I was a dog. uh, Because I'm very, very disappointed in humanity. Uh, We're all just assholes running around acting like our lives are important. But there's only a very small percentage of us who are actually doing anything that fucking matters. If you're raising your kids, that matters. If you're living a great life, that matters. But just because you're living your life does not mean that your life matters than somebody else. And I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter or none of that stuff. I'm talking about this pandemic shit. Tonight's episode is about sex and violence in films, but it's so appalling that I barely have time to watch any horror movies now because 
I'm seeing so much bull crap from humanity. And I don't know if there's anything that we can do about it. It just makes me sit back, try to reflect, try to have, you know, some idea. But I'm glad we got new music from Static X. I mean, this is old school stuff. This takes me back to a time where, you know, we were able to not necessarily feel like there was nothing to be afraid of. I mean, think of Desert Storm and everything that kind of led up to 9-11, but now we're talking about just like morals and just being humans. And there's just a lot of people that just, they're too good to be humans right now. And I don't get it. I should appreciate it because I love demons. And I think it's kind of fantastic that we got all these demons running around. You know, there's a lot of people that are God fearing people, whatever. And, and I understand why they're that way, but it's also very surprising to see some of these people turn on each other or turn on man or woman itself, like right off the bat. And I'm, I'm fucking done with it. So that's why I try to find my own special space within horror, within combat sports. And I am so excited to talk about this UFC card. I cannot wait. But we got business. We got we got things to talk about. So not only do we have music from Static X, but we also have some music uh, from a group called Union Kane. Um, they are also a metal band. So we kind of got like a little metal theme going on tonight, which I told you guys, whenever we play any music, on submissions and slashers. It's gonna be of a darker quality, but it could be EDM, it could be rap, it could be rock, it could be metal. Um, I'm just so thankful that I wake up every single morning and I have emails like this, Static X with new music or Union Kane releasing their new video. So we'll hop up on the Facebook page. You guys, please feel free to leave comments. Um, Please feel free, if you are a UFC fan, to post your predictions for the main card. We'll be going over those shortly after the break. We do have some news on, like I said, the movie The Hunt. Um, we're going to be talking about sex and violence in films, and we're going to be reminiscing on movies like The Woman, trying to find like a clarity, because... What, it, what, what happened is I read an article and it was about sex and violence in films. And it was very, very intriguing because it made me sit back and say, this is something that we're just conditioned to have. But are we at this point right now where maybe we should start taking some of this stuff out of film so that we're not conditioning our youth? I'm a father, you know, I have a 12 year old son. Maybe we're at a point right now where we need to start taking some of this stuff out. Look at what happened to TikTok this week. That's news, right? There are the hundreds of thousands of little white girls that are crying all over the place because now they feel like they have no place to twerk. And that speaks volumes for the world that we live in. Um, honestly, it's funny. I actually have 
somebody's sending me videos from a bar right now that no one is socially distancing in whatsoever. And they're teaching a bunch of girls how to twerk. That's our future, folks. So enjoy the ride. But hey, we're going to come back and we're going to dig straight into this UFC 251 card. But before we do so, of course, we're going to play some music from Static X. Now, we got, you know, we, we're privy to the whole entire Regeneration, uh, Project Regeneration EP that they're coming out. So we're going to talk about it uh, once we come back. And it's going to, like I said, it's released on the 10th of July, which is tomorrow. And it's Static X Project Regeneration Volume 1. And, I mean, you can pre-order it right now. Uh, you can get it sent directly to your phone, tablet, laptop, whatever you use to listen to your music. So Static X had a very, very good 2019. Wisconsin Death Trip band lineup was awesome. And while they were doing this, they decided to record 12 brand new tracks. So while they were on tour, as some bands do, they get together, they get inspired. And uh, yeah, we have some copies of it. And we're going to be playing some of the songs from that for you guys to listen to, because of course we got two hours of this. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually get into a song called Hollow. And it's off the project Regeneration Static X, ladies and gentlemen. And you're hearing it on submissions and slashes. We'll be back to talk about UFC 241. But right now, you're listening to Static X. If you have predictions for the fight tomorrow, let us know. Yo! 
All right. So once again, man, that's brand new music from Static X. And I mean, if you guys remember Static X, that sounds like Static X through and through. Uh, they they had the one song that uh, was very, very popular. Uh, push it. Yeah, you push it. Yeah, you push it. You know, um, so. All right. So what we're doing right now is I'm just trying to get the word out to a couple people so that we can talk about tonight's episode and what we got going on, which is, of course, about to talk about that UFC 251. Okay, so we're pulling up the full fight card. And uh, I mean, honestly, you know, normally you're you're going to look at a, a potential fight card and you're going to want to say, all right, if there's money to be made somewhere, where could that be? We are talking UFC... 251 right now. Right? Tell you, man, one day I'm going to have a producer and shit. And uh, we'll be good to go. (laughs) But for right now, you guys just bear with me uh, so we can get this. But, like, seriously, put your predictions down here. Okay? All right. So we're going to go through the early prelims. And, of course, the early prelims you can always watch on uh, UFC Fight Pass. Uh, the ESPN Plus platform. Very excited that German soccer is going to be on ESPN Plus pretty soon. Um, so we got a couple matches. Uh, Martin Day, Davy Grant. Uh, you guys might remember Davy Grant from the uh, Tough House. Uh, he was in, I think, the welterweight division on that. But it looks like he's going to be doing a, well, maybe it was a featherweight division. He was in the house. Uh, I remember him. He's a he's a good fighter. He's pretty durable. Um, didn't get along with a lot of the guys in the house, from what I remember, and kind of was a, a problem child. You got a nice little early matchup in the women's bantamweight division. Carol Rosa, Vanessa Mello, trying to find some life in that 135. Uh, when you got a woman, you know, like we always talk about, that's as dominant. As um, Amanda, it's just it just gets hard to find competition. Um, so, you know, you're always looking for good fights in 135 and 145 for women because we're always looking for title contenders. Uh, Rulian Pavia, Zaglas Azamagolvov, Maxim Grishin, Marcin Turbar. Is that the Marcin, the heel hook guy? I don't think that's no, that's Marcin Held. That's the heel hook guy. So, yeah, early prelims. I uh, really don't know too much about those guys. <laughs> uh, but I know, um, like I said, Davey Grant, I've seen him fight before. Some of the ladies definitely seen them fight. So I'll be uh, interested to see it. Leonardo Santos, Roman Bagatov kicking off the uh, prelims. That'll be on ESPN. Uh, that should be a very, very good 155 scrap. Um there's a lot of guys on here that have this card is, I mean, it's a Kamara Usman card. You can tell because there's just like a ton 
of athletes on this card that have a high motor. They just go. Um, and I think, uh, you know, Makwan Amarkamani, I haven't seen Makwan in a minute. Makwan was a guy that I was a big, big fan of um, some years ago. He was always a guest on the MMA Junkies podcast. And very, very nice guy. Um, he was always talking about how sexy he was and how cute he was and all he really kind of cared about were women and stuff like that. And I thought that was like just real, you know what I mean? So I'm like, you know, hey, if that if that's the case, then that why not? You know, like let that dude be him. I have nothing, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And he's an entertaining fighter, but he's also one of those fighters that he's got a motor on him. And um, he's got some pretty sneaky attacks. Um, he goes to the body a lot, which you find in a lot of uh, foreign fighters, which I've always enjoyed because it shows that discipline in their training that they understand that going to the body just does so much work over time. Uh, but these are three round fights. So you don't have always so much time to work. Danny Henry is the guy that he's fighting. Uh, Eloise Dos Santos, Muslam Salikov, uh, Yiri Parkovas, and Volkan Adizamir, which is a fucking great light heavyweight fight. Um, that's going to kind of tap off the, um, the prelim as the top fight on the prelim. That should be a very, very good fight, too. Uh, Volkan is one of those guys that we're still kind of figuring out where he sits in that 205 class. Um, is he a true contender or is he one of these guys that, you know, like we've seen so many in that weight class may eventually just kind of fall off. Right. Okay. So should be a lot of, uh, good scrappy fights on the early pre and the main pre. Okay. So the main card. Even though we got a change in the title fight, and I was very, very excited to see Gilbert Burns fight against Komaru. And say whatever you want to about they had to change camps. And, you know, uh, Usman went up to Colorado, which I'm always a big fan of whenever you go up to Colorado because I love the state of Colorado. Um, you get that great altitude training and stuff up there. And man, can we talk about fitness one day? I'm I'm tired of some people in fitness. But anyway, not going to go down that route. <laughs> I'm very, very excited. And we're going to, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about individual fights on this card, uh, on this main event. And then we're going to be coming up to the 30-minute mark here in about seven minutes. So then we'll have to take a break. Uh, we'll get that Union Kane song rolling up for you guys on that break and then when we come back we'll talk about some more of the fights and then possibly take one more break because there's a lot of static x music that we want to get to tonight we definitely want to give them some love for sending this our way um but it's so important we talk about this card so all right first fight on the main event Paige van zandt amanda ribas all right so everybody in their mama knows this is a setup fight right <laughs> Um, I don't know if you've been following the career of Paige Van Zandt in the past three to four years, but it's it's had its ups and downs in regards to her fighting career, which 
you know, when you're still a UFC fighter, it kind of seems like that's, you know, the most important thing that's going on. But when you're a girl who is as engaging as, um, as exceptional as, as, as like a bright star as Paige is, it's hard to deny any types of opportunities that could possibly come her way to be involved in other things. Uh, it's just when you're so young in the sport and when you're in a division like uh, flyweight or strawweight like she's fought in before too, there's nothing but killers in these divisions. And Paige jumped into the UFC as a killer. She was part of that team, Alpha Male, Wrestling Gusto, going after it. Motor, motor, motor. There was a couple fights that uh, I remember the Felice Herring fight. I didn't expect her to win that fight. And she would not let go. Now, once she showed up against girls like Rose and stuff like that, that's when we saw where the evolution needed to be, like what part of the game plan needed to take place for us to see Paige hit that next step. But then, of course, Hollywood's going to come calling when you are pretty much being looked at as the next Ronda Rousey in the sport. So that's going to lead to lots of opportunities and God damn it, take advantage of every single one of them. Get your money, girl. <laughs> get your money and get your titties. Because yes, Paige got some titties too. And you know what? More power to you. Do what you got to do to make you happy. And if this is the route you want to go, get after it. Be about that life. We wouldn't expect anything less but this is a setup fight because we know Paige has always had some issues with submission and Amanda happens to be one of these young ladies kind of like a Mackenzie Dern who she dealt with and some others that these women were just born to roll you know it's like the master ace I was born a row. Uh, these ladies got transitions. These ladies got hips. They're snatching. They're pulling. They're squeezing. They're choking. And if you get on the mat with them, you're in some, some trouble. Suarez, some of these girls that are in this division, 125 especially, if you get on the mat with them, you're going to be in some problems. This is one of the reasons why the champ, Valentina, she ain't got no problems right now because <laughs> none of these girls can get her down on the mat because she's got great enough wrestling defense and she throws hands and legs as good as anybody. I would love to see Paige box better, move better with her feet, get aggressive. There were so many times early in her career where we saw glimpses of combinations Stuff you know that they were working on, especially back, you know, not to stir up old shit, but especially back when you had that Dwayne influence, that bang influence at the Alpha Male Gym. It's not there anymore. Paige has got her own thing going on. 
So I hope her own thing happens to be somebody that's brought a nice little stand-up game to the equation. Because no, she does not want to go down to the ground with this young lady. Because if she does, it's going to be a submission. And I'm predicting a submission for Amanda in the second round. Now, there is every single reason in the world for Paige to win this fight, just like there's every single reason in the world for any of these fighters to win these fights. Because they train for it. They're professional athletes. They're doing it for themselves, their families, for their gyms, for their teams, for their coaches. So you can never count anybody out. But you just have to look at matchups and similar to any other sport, you have to make decisive decisions of why you may think one thing or the other. And in this particular reason, I just kind of see this as kind of a setup fight. Amanda's at number 14 ranked in the UFC rankings right now. So clearly it's someone, once they, they add a number to the equation, it's someone that they want to see in a higher level. And look, similar to Paige, Amanda's gorgeous. She's very marketable. And she's a killer when she's down on the mat. So I wish both athletes the best. But um, I just kind of only see this going one way. I see Paige pressuring. I see Paige yelling, screaming, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing her punches, throwing her kicks. All the stuff that we've been accustomed to seeing Paige do in her career. And I feel like she's going to get some pressure up on the cage. She's going to get very, very happy with her hips. She's going to go for a nice little takedown. And we might see some trouble after that. So, yeah, first uh, prediction, definitely taking Amanda over Paige Van Zandt. Uh, did not get a chance to pull out any odds right now. Uh, and I'm on the UFC page and I don't see him. I believe, I know Amanda's a favorite, but, uh, not exactly sure where. Okay. So we're going to jump back into some music. Uh, as mentioned, we got some new music from Static X. Yes, that Static X. <laughs> <laughs> that girl, that that band from back in the day, okay. There's another band that sent us some music as well, uh, and the name of the band is Union Kane, and they came out with a song called "The Master," and they sent us their video for the song. Uh, we're not gonna play the video on the Facebook page at this moment because there's just. Too much stuff that we want to get going on with the fights. Um, but we wanted to let you guys know um, about Union Kane. Uh, it's a female-led band. They uh, they consider themselves kind of like a dark metal band. Uh, their debut EP, Black Dawn, is coming out on the 18th of July. And uh, they're based out of South Florida. Uh, so they have a metal single called The Master, and we have it for you guys to listen to right now. And like I said, it's going to be on their debut. Uh, their debut EP, Black Dawn, has got a total of eight songs on there. 
tracks like Battles Within, Black Dawn, Lake of Fire, Persistence, Plan B, The Master, Waiting for the World to End, and Your Own Kind. So what we're going to do is um, they were, you know, amazing enough to give us a couple, you know, songs to play for you guys through the press release. So we're going to play The Master right now. And then uh, we'll play another one of those songs later. So this is Union Kane. And once again, they are um, based out of South Florida. And uh, this is their song, The Master. We'll be back to talk about the Jessica Andrade and Rose Nama Yunus fight. Next on Submissions and Slashes. Oh, 
All right. So that was South Florida based metal band Union Kane. How many of you guys knew right off the bat that uh, they were like a Christian metal band? So this particular song, The Master, is like an, <clears throat> excuse me, Old Testament inspired single. Uh, a lot of references to Cain and Abel in there. And it, it <laughs> yeah, I was, I wasn't expecting that either, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, we got another song that will pop up later in the show. Uh, we'll definitely play more stuff from Static X also. Uh, but we are back talking about the UFC 251 main event and main card. So uh, we just talked about the Amanda Ribas and Paige Van Zandt. And once again, I pretty much predicted a second round submission for Amanda. Uh, the next fight I'm super excited about. Jessica Andrade versus Rose Namajunas. So this is a rematch. Um, there's a lot of things about this fight that just like hit hard right now because Rose is one of my favorite fighters. And one of the reasons why she's one of my favorite fighters is because she wears like everything about her, like on her sleeve. She doesn't deny it. She knows who she is. And I mean, it's just, it's nice to know people like that. Right. So I'm compelled when I watch this fight to say, okay, the last time we saw this fight, we didn't get the ending that we wanted to see because Rose was really giving Jessica a lot of work. And here's the thing, Jessica's a monster, so don't ever get it twisted. She's got gray hands, she's a killer on the ground, and she's so strong. She's always been one of the strongest women, no matter what division she's fought in. And Jessica's fought all the way up to 135 and all the way down to 115. She's still still to this day, one of the best athletes that the UFC has put in the female division. And that's why she's always kind of leering outside as a contender. And she had a great run for a while that led her to the title, which she eventually lost. But one of the reasons why she was able to grab the title is because of what happened in that last fight against Rose. So we saw Rose kind of win in the fight, but then there was an awkward slam that happened. And next thing you know, Rose really wasn't kind of where she needed to be. And it just kind of became, can't go no more. Can't do this no more. You know, we were wondering if it was concussions, what was going on, what was the case. But regardless, we didn't get the ending that we wanted because it, it was a fight that had potential for so much more, but didn't didn't give it. But hey, we got to give credit to Jessica. She came in and did her job. You know, she knew she was in trouble. She clinched. She went for what she needed to do, which was a slam. Rose is dangerous in regards to aerial submissions is what I like to call it. Uh, but like I said, this fight hits home because Rose is one of my favorite fighters. I've been following her for almost her entire professional career. 
Um, and she reminds me of somebody who I was actually talking to this morning about this fight. And uh, yeah, lots of reflection, which is what happens when you talk about a fighter like Rose or you're involved in matches with a fighter like Rose because you know you're going to be dealing with the emotional side of it. And I can't wait to see this because she always gets better. So does Jessica. I mean, these women are on momentum too. So that's another thing that's so great about this fight that we were able to get this fight back. Neither woman has a belt, but you more than likely can assume what's going to happen after this fight is over. I believe there's a young woman in China that will be waiting for them, right? So what's the prediction? It's probably the hardest prediction that I have, even though it shouldn't be, because I think the main event itself should be the hardest prediction because of the timing and how it all got together. Uh, I've been watching the UFC Embedded's. Um, I'm sure the fourth one just dropped. Everybody weighed in. So far, no COVID problems. So we're ready to get after this tomorrow, man. It's going to be so fun. Fight Island. What's going what's gonna to happen on this Fight Island? Like, are there going to be sharks there? <laughs> and it's funny, too, because right now, on my TV in the living room, I always have Shutter playing in the background. So sometimes, like I get in these moments where I just want to talk about fighting and stuff like that, but then I remember that I got to re remind everybody about horror and what's going on with my film directors and stuff. So I always put Shutter on in the background. And uh, Full Cheese's classic Zombie is playing right now. And I love that movie to death. And if you've never seen a scene in a film with a zombie attacking a shark underneath the water, you have not lived yet, people, and you have not been watching the right zombie movies. I'm just saying. Facts on facts on facts. But as my sip, my white girl water bottle, and I think about this fight, it is just super hard to predict which way to go. If the fight gets on the ground and somebody's going to be on top and somebody's going to be pressuring and doing the ground and pound, I can only see that as Jessica. And that's going to depend on how much work she gets in the clinch. Rose is just not the best fighter to clinch with because she has the ability to be active anywhere. Like Rose is a ninja from the Leaf Village. You know what I'm saying? So she will do the substitution jitsu and show up on the other side and try to find an elbow or a kick or she might fucking jump guard, jump your back, whatever, whatever. And that's why we like watching her fight. The problem is, is last time she did that, the very, very strong Brazilian powerhouse woman, Jessica Andrade, picked her ass up and slammed her on a goddamn head and ended the damn fight. So if the fight goes to the clinch, it's possible that Rose is going to have to think a little bit more than normally she does. Maybe the substitution jitsu 
is not going to be enough. If the fight stays standing, Rose takes that advantage all day because not only is she great with her stand-up kickboxing, her range, she also knows how to get out of the way. Jessica is such a great athlete. She can just move forward the whole entire time. Wop, wop, three, six, hook, hook, over, over, coming after you. It can come to the chin. It can come to the body. And guess what? If you fall into her hands, either you're going to start getting hit by some hard punches and go down, and she's going to jump on top of you, or next thing you know, you're clenched, you're up against the cage. She's probably stomping your feet, throwing a knee in, and maybe she gets an elbow or two. It's like my mouth wants to say Jessica, but my my gut, my instinct is just going with Rose. And I think the only reason why my mouth doesn't want to say Rose is because of how much I care about this young woman as a fighter and as a soul existing on planet Earth. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, But I do about Jessica, too. I love her to death, too. I love both these women. These Both these women are hands down two of my favorite athletes, period. It doesn't matter what sport, what gender. Um, so that's why it's such an intriguing matchup. That's why I'm so grateful that we all get to see this rematch on Saturday. But it makes it tough as shit to call. But I cannot help but go back to the first fight and remember how relaxed Rose looked, how polished she looked. She was a champion. She is a champion. She is a championship level fighter, and so is Jessica. So is Way. So is Joanna. So when you have like these four women. I mean, it's a round table where you're like excited to see anywhere where it could go. But Jessica's going to have to step up. She's the only one out of the four that needs to truly solidify that she is a champion. And she wins this fight tonight. She gets that opportunity. Like I said, that woman in China is not about to go away easy, <laughs> like at all. But I go back to that first fight and I just look at how when Rose wanted to do what she wanted to do on the feet, she was able to, her kicks looked great, and she got out of the way of the onslaught from Jessica. If this goes to a decision, it's going to be bloody. This is going to be a bloody women's fight. And I got Rose winning by a split. Yeah. I got Rose winning by a split. Whole bunch of things that I can analyze and say that makes me think uh, 
Jessica will get on top of her. And we could just see Rose, unfortunately, go into some dark tunnel and not come back out of it. But she seems like she's back to being happy about fighting. It's not as stressful, hopefully, for her anymore. And if that's ever the case, then we always know we get the best Rose whenever we see that. So, um, like I said, I'm super excited to see this fight. But I do believe Rose, not my Eunice, will beat Jessica Andrade via split decision. If you guys have predictions, I don't care if it's for the fights that I just talked about or the fights overall, please feel free to put them here on the card because um, I would love to discuss them with you. Okay. Peter Yan and Jose Aldo will be getting a 135 title fight scrap on. Um, to think that the man who pretty much ran the 135, I mean, the 145 division and stuff for as long as he did could have the opportunity to once again be the guy it's it's hard to see some of these older fighters sometimes get into the cage and not really expect to see anything other than a decision or a knockout but usually when it comes to the knockout, it's on their side. And that's not always a good thing. Peter's fast. He's powerful. He's, he's got the tools to match up in two weight classes and, and really be a standout. That's why you like when you see guys like Peter out there and he's only getting better every single fight, you do get mad when you see certain fighters retire, kind of go away, kind of move around a lot on weight classes, or even yet go participate in other combat sports. Because every single gym around the world, there is a killer being developed in that gym. And now we get to see a new one in Peter who's been making a name for himself the minute he stepped foot in the UFC. So to match up against a living Hall of Fame legend, I don't want to echo what I said in the very, very first fight of this main card, but it's kind of hard not to get the gut feeling that it's a setup fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, shit, but if Jose wins the fight, dude, like, I was listening to some guys this week talking about, do we put him in greatest of all time category when it comes to fighters? I don't like, it's almost like, well, what, do, what do we really need other than belts? Do we need certain types of finishes? Do we need a certain like murderer's row, <laughs> hint, hint, roster of people to fight, to consider people to be the greatest of all time? 
And I mean, and that's really the discussion that we have to go into with Jose Aldo, because if he wins this fight, to say, does this put him in the greatest of all time category is to say what was kind of keeping him out of it in the first place. Well, you're going to start saying names. You're going to say John Jones. You're going to say, you might even say Anderson Silva. You might, you might even say Conor McGregor. You might say whoever. Few people can call themselves goats right now, like Amanda. But these guys who are, you know, walking around without any belts, but yet still contending for belts anytime. The same guys that were asking this question were also very, very keen and right to point out Jose's biggest last fight that he won was against Uriah Faber. And ever since the fight with Conor McGregor, everybody's been wondering how much of his chin can stay steady at his age. But man, there's something to be said about this post-COVID era, right? It's something to be said about people who actually have desire and want to go after something in their life that they look at a time frame like we just went through and they say, I'm going to use this time to restore my body, to get healthy and get better one more day, one more fight, one more time. All across the world, sports is waking back up. The MLS started this week. Soccer leagues across the world have been already going for the last six to eight weeks. The UFC has been rolling since day one. They took no time off. And these fighters, like, I see this because I train them and I coach them. And I'm also proud of them because... Most of them didn't fall into the trap. They respected what they were supposed to do with their social distancing, cleaning, taking care of themselves, watching their health and wellness and making sure that they found the time to get better. And a lot of them are still doing it. My guy Buck, I see guys like Trayvon and all them. I see all these fighters just in their houses, in their apartments, and they're throwing hands and they're throwing kicks, man. And I love it, dude, because they're not doing what the fuck everybody else is doing. Everybody else is just bitching and complaining. Oh, I got fat, or my gym is closed, or I can't do this, and I I can't do this. I can't go to this bar or this restaurant. But you guys all, a lot of these people, they still have the same cars, houses. They, a lot of them are clearly still doing okay because they're taking trips 
all around the world, man. And they're coming back to these places and they're popping COVID like it's fucking Adderall on a Friday night, dog, at your local high school, B. So when I look at a guy like Jose Aldo, and I'm wondering if he has a chance against Peter Yan in this fight, I actually kind of do because my man has had some time to take care of his body. But it's Aldo, another one of these guys who I consider like someone I always have enjoyed watching fighting. So, you know, is he going to go to a decision? I don't know. We're going to be going into our number two here in a second, and we're going to be talking about the co-main event and the main event, but I want you guys to know that uh, one of the reasons why you should watch this Peter Jan fight Jose Aldo is because if he does win this fight, Not only should he still be talked about and considered one of the greatest combat athletes of all time, especially out of the own country that he's from, Brazil, he should just be kind of recognized as one of the greatest athletes of all time, especially to come from there. But he's got a task, man, because Peter's work, he's ready to go. He wants this opportunity. He's excited to be matched up against a guy like this. So I do see Peter winning this fight. Once again, I'm thinking split decision, kind of like the fight before. While I do think Peter has the speed and potential power to touch the chin of one Jose Aldo and take care of him. That does not mean he is. That does not mean that we might not see a, like a revived Jose that is looking to move, create space, and get back to his old point system fighting that kept him the king of his castle for such a long time. So we're going into our number two, folks. We got one more. And uh, yeah, we got the main event to talk about and the co-main event to talk about. So we got Alexander versus Max, Jorge versus Kumaru. And uh, yeah, so this is Submissions and Slashers, and we are going to be playing another song from Static X. So we mentioned to you guys earlier that Static X has this Project Regeneration EP that comes out tomorrow. You can pre-order it right now. You get it completely sent to you. 
big zip drive, MP3, download, whatever, whatever you need to put it in your phone, put it in your car, whatever you got. And yes, it is that Static X, that band that uh, used to push it back in the day. So we're going to jump into this song all these years, let you guys get a taste of this, and then we're going to come back and talk about the main and the co-main event of UFC 251. You guys are listening to the Submissions and Slashes podcast. Follow us on Subby Slash, and we'll be right back. What up, people? Who you picking in our co-main events?
We are back, folks. Uh, it's like our Facebook live stream. Just kind of went out of Let's see what happens. Oh, yeah, there it is. Let's see what it gives it Maybe Facebook was like, you did not have permission to play that music. And I'm like, uh, yeah, we did. We sure did. So... It is time for us to discuss the co-main event and the main event of UFC 251 Fight Island, baby. Usman versus Masvidal happening tomorrow night live out of Abu Dhabi. What? And, uh, man, I'm seriously super, super happy that we get uh, a little scrap scrap in 145 between the now champ, Mr. Alexander the Great um, and Max with probably the best COVID hair that's out there right now, right? So make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Submissions and Slashers. We'll go ahead and post that once again on Facebook so you guys can remember that. So it's funny, um, while we were taking that break, and I told you guys I'm going to be like super candid <laughs> about what goes on and kind of like my day-to-day life because then maybe we'll kind of, uh, yeah, they, they tried to say the video was blocked because, yeah, music was owned by somebody else. Yeah, it's, it's owned by Static X and we're promoting it for them. So um, it's Facebook and all those guys are so funny. Hey, Facebook, how you guys doing? We're only live streaming on Facebook because uh, we have a lot of fans from Horror Movies Uncut and things like that that have continued to follow the Submissions and Slashers page. So we wanted to make sure that we were finally putting some content out there for them. So anyway, Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky. So Alexander the Great was able to not necessarily shock the world, but surprise a lot of people by taking the title from Max Holloway in the last fight. Um, Max is one of these guys who, similar to like we were talking about the girls earlier, where if he's not the champion, he's always in contendership, and he's always going to be someone that you have to worry about if you are holding on to the strap in that division. Once again, this is a rematch that... uh, is very, very exciting because when you have two guys really at the top of the division and underneath it, while there's talent there, you don't really have like a clear cut contender to jump into the mix that hasn't been there before. It's nice when you can play it again, Sam, with uh, two guys who just fought for the strap last time. Will Max be able to go into this with a different game plan now, kind of understanding the type of fighter that Alex is? That's what's yet to be seen. 
he hasn't really changed up too much of his overall demeanor, even though we know that there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on with him in the past couple, you know, six to eight months. Uh, Max also was very vocal about what was going on in the world during the kind of pandemic and everything else that kind of just went along in this first portion of 20. So it's exciting to see a guy like this get back into the mix because we all know this is where um, he gets after it. And this just in, uh, Devison, and this is one of the reasons why I love doing this stuff live and the fact that it's a combat sports podcast and horror. We'll be talking about horror in the second half of this hour. Uh, Devinson Figueroa's team believes COVID test was a false positive ahead of July 18th's flyweight title bout. So they got a boxing flyweight title bout coming up. And uh, yeah, looks like it was in jeopardy. And it seems like um, his camp is not too happy about it. So we'll have to see what comes on more from that. But anyway... So back to the UFC news. And like I said, it's just, this is the world we live in. This is what we're talking about with Max. This is what we were talking about with Jose. What's the mentality of the guys and girls at this level who are a little bit more outspoken, have a little bit more going on when they're dealing with stuff like we all are in this kind of pandemic life that we're living in. Alexander seems to be having a great time, happy to be the champion, enjoying himself. So that leads me to believe that his mind possibly may be a little bit more clear, not necessarily more focused. I wouldn't say he's more focused than Holloway. Yeah, Blessed is one of those guys that he when he knows what he wants, he he gets after it. And that's why he's always been one of those great fighters to follow. If you ever get a chance to, if you do have the UFC fight pass, I would say it would be like your due diligence to check out the blessed documentary that they did about him on fight pass. It's not that long, but it's great. And it will be a great lead up to this fight because you can if you're not familiar with Max Holloway, like some of the casual MMA fans are, this is one of those types of dudes that you want to see. So looking forward to this fight. It's another kind of sneaky fight, but honestly, I this is one of the first fights that I predicted the minute I saw that it was announced again. Max is going to win. Unanimous decision. I don't know what's going to happen. And I, and I know for some people who are like, you sound stupid as hell right now because Alex is a beast. Yes, I know this. I smell trilogy fight here. That's what I'm going off of more than anything because we both, we know how both, how gifted both of these fighters are. And like I told you guys, I'm not going to be one of these podcasts that's like, oh my God, you know, he's got this, he's got that. This particular fighter might have an advantage just on the floor here, here, here. Nah, man, this is uh, this is the wild, wild west right now. We don't know what these guys have been working on, what these women have been working on, right? 
What we do know is that we got a hell of a co-main event on our hands. And I'm so looking forward to it. And Facebook, you can keep blocking all these videos or whatever all you want to, because actually, if you want to hear the full submissions and slash podcast, find us on SoundCloud. Yes. Search submissions and slashers or soundcloud.com backslash sub and slash. This is episode number three, man, and we're going to keep rolling these things out. Tell you, especially if they put our ass back in the house again. We might go to two a week. White girl water bottle. So, yeah, we got some horror news to finish up the second half of this hour, and it'll conclude the show. We will be playing one more song from Static X and probably get kicked off of Facebook again. Uh, but we're very, very excited that they were gonna that they sent us some. We do also have that music from Union Kane. Uh, we're gonna play another song from them. That's actually what we're gonna play next uh, after we go over the main event. And that song's gonna be called "Waiting for the World to End." I think that's a perfect lead in to the main event on this fight because it's possible that Jorge Masvidal may have been waiting for the world to end. He was fighting contract issues with the UFC. He was wanting more money. He is the BMF champion he's got the rock calling out people on social media look just because you fake fight wrestle play college football and did action movies i don't really none of that like i don't like look hey i here i am predicting fights playing with the fucking texas chainsaw massacre figurine so who am I, right? But I just think it's funny that like The Rock is like, y'all better shut up. My boy Jorge's got a chance. And you know what? The Rock is absolutely fucking correct. So it's another reason why I like The Rock too. That's <laughs> why he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, because any given moment, man, there are things that happen. Stars might align, right? And a man who just might happen to be at the right place at the right time that does not always look the part definitely acts the part. Might be able to take it from something a little bit more shinier, a little bit more polished. And we'll just have to kind of see how it goes. Wrestling, advantage, Usman, all day. Although people who have seen Jorge fight as long as we have, I mean, look at this man's record. It says 35 wins on there for a reason as a professional fighter. 
we have seen him with a little bit of takedown defense every once in a while. Now, early in his career, he would fight guys like a Joe Lozon or something like that that would be able to sneak and get some great takedowns on him because he would get happy with his stand-up. But that's not the Jorge that we saw. Like, I think, look at the fight against Diaz. Like, this dude was polished. And this dude was putting in work. And this guy knew everywhere he needed to be in that fight to have an advantage. So we look at the Ben Askren fight and we go back to that as what kind of introduced the mainstream world to game bread, even though us MMA fans, we've been watching Masvidal jump weight classes and get some great victories and get some terrible losses and get in a fight where it looks like he's completely done out of the fight and then come back out of nowhere and win. And then within the last couple of years, he's been, he's become one of the most recognizable stars in the UFC. He's on shows like highly questionable all the time. Like, I mean, the ESPN family, that's all they talk about is him, Jalen and Jacoby. All those guys. So, do you look at it as a guy who might be a little bit distracted, that's not going to be able to be ready for this moment at such a short time frame? Or has this dude been ready for this for a very, very long time? And it didn't matter when he was going to get the phone call. He's already got a game plan for this guy. I mean, by the time we found out Gilbert popped COVID, seems like before the last fireworks of the evening, and if you're still popping fireworks, okay, you can cut this shit out by now. All right? It's like, we good. (laughs) I still have a duffel bag full of fireworks that I'm not popping right now. So join in on that one, okay? But kind of like we were talking about these other guys earlier. Everybody's gone back to roots. I even did it with my own training because we were training out of a garage because we couldn't have access to our gym. So a guy like Masvidal, who showed instant improvement in his fighting stand-up in that Diaz fight. Don't even, like, don't even think about the Askren fight. The crazy-ass short second knee to the head. Strategy, not strategy, luck, not luck. No. Not against Usman. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have enough tools in the chest to make this fight very, 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 very dangerous in other areas. Because he is game-bred. Jorge knows what to do on the ground. He knows what to do on his feet.
just learning some more COVID uh, news that just makes uh, everything great. Um, so, shit. Okay. So, I'm going to apologize for something real quick. But after I apologize about something, I'm going to be completely honest with a lot of you guys. You need to be smarter out here because you are putting people's entire lives at jeopardy. And I'm not talking about um, just people dying or anything like that. I'm talking about like people's jobs, their businesses and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, but the show must go on, right? So I'm going to, I apologize. I'm going to give you my prediction for the Jorge Masvidal fight and the Kamaro Usman fight, but then I'm going to have to shut off the podcast about that because uh, I got to go make some phone calls uh, at 1130 at night. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my world. Um, and yeah, I'll be completely honest with you. It is involving all the craziness in the world, but you know, Leatherface is ready to flash dance. So I'm going to thank Static X and all my people who send us our music press releases and the uh, new, the regeneration stuff is sounding great. I can't wait. Listen, can't wait to listen to more of the album. Appreciate Union Kane for sending their music to us as well. And uh, yeah, next Friday when we get back on, we're going to be talking about uh, The Tent and a couple other movies. We're going to try to make it as much horror related as we can because we're because we're going to have to negate like the last half an hour of the show uh, because it's just something time pressing that I got to go deal with. I think Jorge is going to show up big in this man and 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 get the title and if he gets the title i want him to do two things and i'm gonna end it on this note and thank you so much for listening to submissions and slashers watching the video please if you have a twitch follow us at murderers row 666 if you're on twitter at sub and slash you can find us on facebook at submissions and slashers you can follow our sister page, Horror Movies Uncut. That's where we post all of our uh, weekly news articles that we get involving the horror world. If there's anything fight related, it'll be posted on the Submissions and Slashers page. But I think Jorge is going to shock the world, and I'm picking him to win this fight by a unanimous decision. All five rounds, man. Kamaro's going to try to take the living soul out of this gentleman. And I think he's not going to be successful. So that's my prediction and I'm sticking with it. And I love you guys, man. You guys all be safe. Take care of each other. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you all very, very soon. Masvidal.
unanimous decision. Follow us, ladies and gentlemen. Be safe. Take care of each other. We'll be back next Friday. And we'll be talking about more horror stuff. We'll have some guests and stuff to talk about. I hate having to cut the show a half an hour short. But uh, yeah, there's some instant uh, business that I now need to address. So be safe. Be well. UFC 251 tomorrow, people. Let's watch it. Let's go. All right, we out. Submissions and slashers. Hail and be well.
ain't gonna tell nobody. I can't. I, I have to fucking tell people. Like Todd, you gotta tell me where to go here, dude. Cause I don't wanna get in trouble, but I don't want these people fucking coming in there. Thank you. 